On the Harbor One Hotline is ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. So, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. We love talking to you last week, love talking to you here every Wednesday. I want to start off with Bill Belichick's comments after Sunday's loss, saying that this pretty much came down to two plays, was even throughout the game otherwise. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of those comments, which are so out of character for Bill Belichick? Yeah, they are out of character. I don't agree with that, no. You, you know, I will say this. It was disappointing that New England's first drive was relatively solid, and then the tipped ball interception, it's like we call those BBB, bad break, bro. You know, that it's a nice play by Miami. Hopefully that ball hits the ground. So, But I would also counter with they – ended up having it, their touchdown drive because of two defensive penalties that were somewhat questionable calls. So, you know, Miami also had two or three plays that if one person on their offensive line does not miss on their block are going to be big plays, if not touchdowns. So we can live in the world where, oh, well, they didn't get it done. I, I get all that. But there was never a single moment in that football game where I doubted Miami was going to win by at least two scores. So to sit here and say it was the difference of two plays, I respectfully disagree. So, Dan, I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't somebody kind of tweet at you or something like that saying, hey, Dan, please tell me watching the tape uh, wasn't as bad as it was in real life. Did you, did you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I thought it was worse. I thought you thought it was was worse. Why why was it worse after you watched the film? Why? What stood out to you? There, nothing scared. Like there was never any moment of scare, you know, to the defense. I'll tell you three things specifically. Number one, they ran the same pass concept three times in the first nine pass plays of the game of the season. And we're, we're sitting here and we live in a world where first fifteen, they ran three the same pass concept three times in the first nine pass plays, mirrored routes, meaning Christian knows like the same pass route on either side. They ran it eight times in the football game. There, we can live in this world where everyone will execute. This is the NFL. They get paid on the other side of the ball, too. You're, you're supposed to help us execute. So, like, I got into a conversation last night with Kurt Warner about this because he was like, I, I actually didn't think it was as bad. And I was like, Kurt, they ran the same play three times. It's, it's the, the basic is so obvious to the defense. So that's the number one thing. Number two, I counted five times where the spacing of their pass game was a disaster. At least three players, each within five yards of each other. There's a time where Mac Jones catches the snap and literally throws the ball to the tailback because everybody is close to each other. There's no diverse displacement in their spacing. And then the sack fumble, which I'm sure has been a big conversation this week, mm-hmm. you can't have that happen on basic pressures. That's a, a one-man blitz, a safety blitz, and you're actually, as an offensive unit, going the right way. It's not that you didn't even see it. It's the fact that you saw it. There is a plan for it. Your people are going the right way for it. And like in the preseason, you don't pick it up. At some point, that becomes a a bigger issue than, well, we got to clean it up. At some point, you're going, we can't clean it up, or nor are these people. So do you do you mark do you do you mark Mac Jones uh, more for that or do you blame the actual philosophy of the coaching staff? 
Um, I, I, I don't. There's nothing that Mac can do. I mean, Mac has to trust. Okay, my protection is going that way. Those people should be picked up. You know, he he doesn't. We live quarterback. I always got taught this. You 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 can be hot and you could be warm. So hot means we don't have enough people. Warm means hey man, you better get this ball because I don't know if we're good enough. That should not. They had three offensive linemen going towards two defensive linemen and a safety. That should be. Nine and a half out of ten times, we're in a good place where the ball can get out. I mean, it's not like he held the ball forever either. He went one, two, three timing. So that's not a Mac thing. It's it's a, again, coaching-wise, it seems like they were going to the right place. It's more of a, are we putting the people out there that we believe are going to do the job at the, at the proper basis? That's just with that protection one, though. The fact that they're, the spacing is so bad, that's a coaching thing. And, and the fact that they ran the same play that consistently yeah. – that is, again, a, a coaching thing. We're talking to Dan Olofsky, ESPN. And, Dan, a lot of talk about the offensive coordinators. We talked to you last week about it. Mac Jones, in college and limited time last year, was absolutely outstanding in RPOs and play action. They didn't run one RPO. They ran two play action. So when you look at the offensive coordinators, aren't you supposed to put your quarterback, play to the personnel, and put them in position to succeed? Why the lack of RPOs and play action? It's 2022. <laughs> Your lips to God's ears. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's why, candidly, when Mac was coming out, I had tied him to San Francisco so much because it was a very similar system. Um, I, I can I can pretty clearly say this. I, I can count on less than one hand or in my um, – yeah, less than one hand. The moments where I thought the Patriots players had an advantage in that game because of the play call. The, the fact that they are a team that – Wants to be, I mean, we, they want to be balanced in their run and pass ratio, and they can run it relatively decent. And that there's a lack of play action utilization, or there's lack of easy throws. Now, Miami's a heavy man defense, so RPOs aren't as advantageous as when you're playing a defense that's a little bit more zone centric because it doesn't put those defenders in binds. They're not having their eyes in the backfield as much. Now, you can. Take it to the next level, which Josh McDaniels would do, and run RPOs that have man-beating pass concepts with them. But I, it, it really feels and sounds like they, as an offensive unit, believe that plays are just one plus one, and as long as they execute them more efficiently than the defense executes their play call, they'll come out on top throughout the game. I don't believe in that philosophy, um, but it certainly feels and sounds that way. Uh, we're talking oh, to... missionary-style football. Oh, God. <laughs> we're, we're talking Boring. to Dan Orlowski Boring. of ESPN. I'm going to use that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you tag it with nobody's getting tied up on this offense, okay? Dan, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, he didn't get into the game until yeah. very late in the fourth quarter. This is a guy who was so productive last year with 800 receiving yards. What do you make of that long wait to utilize him? And then we saw what he did when he immediately got into the game and Mac looked right at him. Yeah, I believe there was a report that he was late to a meeting this week, and that's why the lack of playing time. So, you know, obviously that's the organization and, and coach's decision. But they're not good enough on the outside to sit here and think that he's not an important part of their team. Um, we know the two tight ends are good players. The offensive line has become, you know, a relatively weak unit. Um, Nelson's a good player, but he hasn't become the difference maker that thought 
I think Jacoby Myers is rounding into a really solid player. I honestly do. That catch he has on the sideline was awesome. But Kendrick brings a little bit of slippery aspect to them offensively. He brings a little bit of speed pop aspect to them offensively. So to think that they can, you know, um, here's, here's my issue amongst many. There is absolutely no punch in their offense. And that's what I meant when I said there's, so there week. was no, there's yeah. no fear. Like there's no fear from a defense. There's just no fear that you can go and be explosive against us. And that is just so taxing on an offense to think, all right, like here's Max mind. I guarantee you, I got no answers and I got to be perfect. And that's a tough world to live in as a quarterback. You ever you ever seen a uh, sorry? You ever seen a a, a preseason like a, a player from a preseason game come a smidge late? Is what we heard be sent home, like sent home for being late. A smidge late. We're talking so like thirty seconds a minute. Be sent home. You ever you ever seen anything like that? Uh, a player be punished that severely? Yeah, I, I can't say that. You know, I I no no I can't. I've I've been on a team bus when our starting quarterback you know didn't show and we we went back and got him. Um, but, uh, I've <laughs> never seen a guy 30, uh, we were, we were playing the jets. I was uh, playing for Tampa and Josh Freeman, um, at, did not show up for like morning breakfast, nothing like that. Buses were going, couldn't find him. He came running out, um, like five minutes late. Oops. <laughs> so our buddy, Tom E. Curran from NBC sports, Boston, he sure. said yesterday that, um, that Robert Kraft took notice of the lack of playing time from Kendrick Bourne and that. He made his opinion known about that, that, you know, basically he wants to see him out there. Do you think that indicates a problem or at least some tension between an NFL owner and, and Coach Belichick with all the history that they have? Well, uh, yes, and I'd also say that it seems like, I don't know if the expectations are being seen on the same page. You know, it, for Robert Kraft, I remember this offseason, he had said he was really frustrated that they hadn't won a playoff game in, I think, three or four years. And, it, you know, it seems that he has this expectation that, well, we should be back to being that top-notch team and be thinking playoffs and playoff run. And I don't see that with the, 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 the making of this football team. I have no idea if Coach Belichick – believe that this is a playoff caliber he's seen a way more better teams than I have but playoff caliber team or not but I don't know what the expectations are in New England front office and head coach wise I just know that throughout the preseason and week one they've got a lot of things that they have to fix and their talent level isn't great enough to overcome those things that they have yet to fix and that's a reality yeah yeah, we're talking to Dan Olofsky, ESPN. Dan, I'm with you. It's almost like this is this still is preseason for this team. It's so elementary. But next week it's at Pittsburgh. Then it's Baltimore and Green Bay. So how confident are you that this thing can get fixed in the next uh, in th- this week? No, I'm not. I, I so I'll tell you the the issue with Pittsburgh twofolds. Um, number one, I know TJ's not playing. TJ Watt, I get all that. Cam Hayward was unblockable last week. And Alonzo Highsmith has become a really good pass rusher for them. So that offensive line is going to have their hands full with the pass rushers. Number two, Pittsburgh has really good blitz packages. And you know New England has consistently shown multiple times to have a lack of plan or ability to execute the plan and pressure. And the third thing is if you watched Pittsburgh's defense last week, 
I honestly feel that they knew half the plays that were getting run out of Cincinnati. And if I'm going to sit here and tell you guys that in the first nine pass plays, they ran the same pass concept three times, and they did that eight <laughs> times throughout the game, and they did this three different pass. So Mika Fitzpatrick is going to know a lot of what's going on. So, I, I, you know, Miami's got a good defense, but Pittsburgh was really good as well. And then Baltimore looked awesome against the Jets defensively. So I, I said this last week. I'm just trying to be on. Like, I just – expect an uphill battle um, and, and expect everything to be really difficult until things start to change schematically and philosophically for New England. Well, it, to your point, though, Dan, isn't it kind of universal that until you can prove you can stop a certain type of blitz, the defenses are going to keep throwing it at you? Oh, for sure. Or, or they're just going to give you those same blitzes just from different places. You know, like, here, here's the thing. When you consistently see that they are struggling to pass things off, here it comes, fellas. Because I don't need well, you at, all but, to but, do but so, so, Dan, as a quarterback, as a quarterback, you, you see this happening. First of all, like, do you even trust the offensive line? Do you trust the play that's coming in? And if you don't, do you take matters into your own hands? Taking matters into your own hands becomes a, a, a tree that I don't know if you're ready to bark up you know, or climb up because then – you know, you start to place, you know, you, you got to get a post for the locker room. You got to get a post for your offense. You got to get a feel for those guys. You know, if you go, are they coming with you type of thing? You know, that's a, a really big deal. I, I haven't been around a lot of guys that just literally take things into their own hands and say, hey, coach, you suck. I'm going to start doing it on my own. You know, I, I've been around guys that pretend not to hear certain play calls at certain moments. Um, and, and kind of operate on, but that's usually in a hurry up or a two minute situation. I, I think the, 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 the tough part is if Mac Jones gets to a point where he's either in, you know, he ain't going to survive or he's so frustrated, then it becomes you are so limited with the things that you can actually do because, you know, maybe Mac's sitting there going, I'm not getting get my head kicked in anymore or we can't protect it. Then you become even more basic than you already are. All right, Dan Orlowski, ESPN, thank you for – Wait, hold on. You got him winning this week? Hold on. You got uh-huh. him winning or losing? I have them losing to Pittsburgh. No, starting off 0-2. Do you have a score for us? <laughs> um, a lot to a little? No, nah, no. I think it would be a good football game. You know, Pittsburgh's offense ain't, ain't much better, but I would probably say something in like the uh, 17-14 world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dan, squirrel right. moment before we let you go. Is it is it weird that the the, the Dallas Cowboys uh, team doctor actually wears a cowboy hat? <laughs> no, that's the, that's the expectation. That's uh, <laughs> if, if look, the team doctor's out there with Dak Prescott. He's wearing a cowboy hat. Hey, hey, come here, son. Let me let me feel your thumb. All right. All right, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much, Dan Orlowski, yeah. ESPN. He joins yeah. us every Wednesday.